0: Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church Leeds based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church, please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Chat a bit so you can get used to my accent. (laughs) Well, as Matt said, Greg and I come from Cape Town. We have three daughters, two of them in the UK, fortunately, and one still back in Cape Town. We have eight grandchildren. and (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) And um, about nine years, well more than nine years ago, um, our church in Cape Town, I was on the staff there, and they gave us six months sabbatical to come and serve two of the churches here in the UK. Three months each. Well, we got here, and with all the full intention of going home again, and um, We had quite a number of friends in the UK, people who I'd met at various occasions in the UK, but also people who'd come to visit Cape Town and come into the townships with me and so on. So good relationships. And when various leaders, church leaders, heard that we were serving these two churches, they said, and what about us? How about giving us some time? So I I would phone home and say, can you give me another three months, Uh another? Nine years later, we are still here, still in shock. But you know, God is brilliant. Because actually we are booked up for the next year really because of the hunger in this nation for what God is gonna do. I just find it so exciting. Because there's lots happening in South Africa, lots and lots. So if there was nothing happening here, we would want to go home. But we're very happy to be here. We are living in the most exciting time in this nation. It's at the tipping point of something. And uh, this is not on my notes, but just to something that, uh, that I remembered last night. I just feel that out of the UK came into Africa, it, all over the world, lots of mission, lots and lots and lots. And some of it was <laughs> colonial, which, which then gave bad press. But I want to say to you, don't let that hinder you now, really, because God is coming with a whole fresh revival power in this nation to send people out, to go and restore, renew, give the gospel. It's a whole new day. And out of this nation, you know your genes, G-E-N-E-S, is so good. If you look back, if I want to read a good revival book, I I look at a book from this nation or whatever, and your genes haven't been lost. It's going to be restored, and it's being restored for going out again. You up for that? Yeah. Yeah. So, now to get to my notes. (laughs) I want to start with Matthew 9. We always start with the Bible. Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds... He had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And you know, as a very new Christian, I read this, and... um, I didn't know better then. And so I said, well, Lord, you said we must ask for workers for the harvest. Um, And I'd, I'd been in various prayer meetings where people were saying, Lord, come and save people. Lord, will you save people? And the prayers were always directed at God to save people. But as I read this, it struck me, he's come. He's already come. And we're calling on him. But what he actually said is ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers. So I changed my prayer from, Lord, come to save, to, Lord, use me. Do you see the difference? And I think that was a mindset change for me, massive mindset change. And Father, I want to ask that something happens here today where we become the workers, uh, but not to go and work, Lord, but to be filled with your Holy Spirit and just ooze your presence wherever we go. I want to ask for a mindset change here today, Lord, from working hard to being, and so the doing just flows in Jesus' name. You up for that? Yeah. Matthew 10 verse one, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them, and gave them, and gave them, authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. He gave it, he gave it. And in verse seven it says, as you go preach this message, the kingdom of heaven is near, heal the sick, raise the dead, Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. So if somebody asks us as uh, disciples of Jesus, what is our CV? Our CV reads, and it's not arrogant. If one is arrogant, you're out of tune with God. If it's, look at me. One is then siding with the enemy, really. It is out of humility, but this is what the Bible says. And you know, this book is wonderful. Every word is true. Every single word. You can reckon on it that it's true. And he wouldn't have said it if he didn't mean it in this Bible. So when I read the Bible, I take it as literal, as, well, this is what we do. Okay, I'm going to go and do so our CV reads, we are disciples of Jesus, actually we heal the sick or we give it a go because it's the already and not yet. But I don't, I don't dwell too much on the not yet because it might put me off on the already. Do you know, what if it doesn't work? But all I do is I will lay hands on anybody anything, because I give it a go, because who knows? Who knows that he will do it? The end result does not belong to me. Only he can heal. All he said is, lay your hands on. And you know, if we lay our hands on somebody, he does something. Maybe not what we expected, but he always does something. So we must freely give our hands away or pray from a distance but freely pray. We raise the dead. Well, I don't know how many people have seen the dead raised. God has promised, and I, I've given it to go, by the way. <laughs> Those are stories. Eh? They're stories. I've given it to go. And God said, because I trusted him and given it a go, I will not die before see somebody, seeing somebody get out of a coffin. And I expect it. It's like he said it. So I expect it, um, but the dead also is the dead in sin. We raise them by speaking to them about Jesus, by being uh, witnesses. You know, when Jesus—I'm going right off my notes here. When Jesus, when Jesus said, "You will be my witnesses." That isn't going to every street corner to pound the gospel to beat people into listen to Jesus, or even I must go to work to speak about Jesus. You know what? If you are in secular work and being paid by a boss, or you are the boss, you are being paid to do a job. You aren't being paid, and this this might shock some of you. You're going to have to think: oh, Is that right? You're not being paid to preach the gospel in your work. You're being paid to work. So when you go into work, let people know you're a Christian. But then don't hammer it, and then you know what? Be the best worker. Keep time, don't steal. Don't phone in to say you're not well when you are well. Do you know that but really, That's witnesses. That's being a witness. Is to actually model Christianity instead of, oh, I've got to say the name of Jesus. I've got to go to somebody's desk to tell them. No, don't waste time. Do your work. When something goes wrong, they will come back to you. I want to ask for release on people here, Lord. Great release of people who think, well, it's my mission field. I'd better go and, and then feel bad in a week if they haven't spoken the name of Jesus. Be released. Love Jesus to bits. Read the Bible. Pray. Go in loaded with Holy Spirit and power and do the best job you can for him and he will honor that. Is that okay? Yeah? (laughs) Well, sometimes people... I've said this, I I, I do evangelism seminars, you know, and so on, and I've said this and people go, oh, can this be? But it's a freeing thing, it is so freeing, and you actually find the opportunity to give the gospel when one isn't made to do it. Cleanse those who have leprosy. You know, we're living in society where people's minds are messed, and even we who are disciples of Jesus, our minds can be pretty messed as well. And we have this authority to actually speak wholeness and health into minds. Minds is a big thing. I will, I will do this often over the sessions, because the mind is a massive thing. If we, if we get this right, everything else flows. Drive our demons. Um... Part of our inheritance is to speak deliverance over people and over ourselves. So I would regularly say to the Lord, Father, will you break any strongholds in my thinking that I've picked up even from month to month? Because the TV and all that it does something to one, and the news does something, and you start believing, or siding with derogatory things that people are saying. And I say, Lord, clean me up. Will you break strongholds? But then also in general, people who have demonic problems. And that could be in society. But even as we have come in and are born again, we battle with some stuff. We have the right to speak the name of Jesus. And the demons have to run. It's in his name. It's not about us. It's all about him. And then Luke 10 verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. I love that. 72, not 70, because it's too cut and dry. 72, just to throw us a bit. <laughs> ordinary blokes, ordinary people. Not the big shots. Ordinary people. Nameless ones. Clever God. In case we said, well, you see the 12. we 72. And he sent them out two by two ahead of him to to every town and place where he was about to go. You know when I read that I thought oh, let me go wherever I feel I must go. And may I say I didn't wait for a word from the Lord. I read the Bible and I thought I'm going to give it a go. By the way I picked up that give it a go from you lot. It's a very British thing to give it a go and I think oh I like that, let's, <laughs> let's give it a go. And so I would say to the Lord in the morning, um, I'm going to go to a house or a shopping center, or whatever. Will you meet me there and Let's have some fun. Because he said, he sent them ahead to every town and place where he was about to go. And so sometimes we hang back waiting for the word from the Lord. Just give it a go and see what he does. God loves fun. Sometimes we Christians are so boring and dry and religious and thou shalt not smile. You know, working in the townships, I'll be telling stories in between, um, I've just got to watch the time, in between (laughs) scriptures. But in the townships, when I used to train up people, to, to do cross cultural work. At first, people would come with me and they were all serious because you know, you go in among people who are oppressed by a very demonized government and society, really, and, um, and people have no food, no jobs, living in corrugated iron shacks on sand. You go in, and all you want to do is weep. And it is, you just want to weep. But I just say to people, Keep your weeping for in my car. When you go into a place, people got misery enough, don't go in all miserable, you know. Go in to actually bring light and hope. Because when you're miserable, then, then my friends must take the time to now make you feel better. Do you see? Go in. And it's the same here. Lighten up. Go in with a smile. Um, we have the joy of God. We are, the, you know, we carry His presence in us. Um, where we walk, the presence of God is flowing from us, whether we know it or not, whether we feel it, by the way, or not. Sometimes, I can't tell you, I went in the township every day. Yes, here I go. Most of it was, Lord, I don't want to go, I'm too scared. And so I would cry all the way into the townships, uh, from fear by the way, um, and get into the townships and just come alive, but my heart would be weeping inside. And I, I didn't think I'm God's answer, I didn't feel like God's anything, but you know, I was the carrier of him into the township. I took my body and I put it in the township and he was there. Do you see, that's how it is. We carry him in us and where he sends us or where where we give it a go, we take him with us. And so I, in the townships, I had no idea what I was doing. And by the way, I never felt called. I wasn't home waiting for a call because my passion was for cross-cultural ministry. I grew up in a racist home where thou shalt not mix. And then God, you see before time he has appointed what work we should do, says Ephesians 2.10. So before time he had appointed this funny one from (laughs) from a racist background you will go in and break the hold of separation and apartheid and racism in the townships. Me, I can't do that. And God said, I know, that's why I've chosen you. Because he would then get the glory. You see, we've got to understand, we, our motives have always got a little edge to them. Our motives are never pure. They've always got a bit about me, you know. It's for the Lord. But talk about me too, please, you know. Announce to everybody what I've done. We are like that, but don't let that put you off. Even if you think, but I better not do this because my motives may not be pure. They're not going to be. Just get on with it. (laughs) That's very South African, eh? Just get on with it. (laughs) But going into this cross-cultural work, I had no idea, no idea what I was doing. And uh, I would just stand there saying, Lord, what have you done to me? I can't do this. What must I do? And my, what's written over me since then is, what must I do? I, I stood here in this wonderful worship. And I said, Lord, okay, I've got the papers. What must I do? That I call him all the time. When I'm counseling, when I'm speaking, when I'm praying for people, because it's about him. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trained, but I don't know what I'm doing because we're supernatural people. So we don't know what we're doing and we just watch to see what he will do. And so I put my body in the townships and I said, Lord, all these people are coming to me and they want something. And then I watched him, I watched myself do stuff that I hadn't thought or been trained to do and I watched him do things through me, and I was amazed, wow, look at this. So my whole being is, Lord, I'm gonna take my body somewhere, I want to watch you work. Do you see the difference? When you think like that, my topic, by the way, which I didn't even say, is the church unleashed locally. Unleashed, oh, unleashed. Because you see, we're the power of God. The hope is in the church, Jesus living in us. And when the church rises up, like going to township, I was alone, and God said to me, "Don't introduce yourself as Angela. First, call yourself the church. First, call yourself the church." And I thought, I didn't even understand. It was quite a number of years ago. I didn't understand the whole thing about we are the church, and you know, and. and then I would say, we are the, I'm the church, and my name is Angela. At times, I would park my car, and people would come running and say, the church has come. And I would turn to see who's there. And it was only moi, you know, just me. But God was preparing the people for when I took them into the church, the big white church, and so they knew already, oh, we're the church, and we're going into be church. And you think, clever God, clever God. So in my mind, I've always thought, I'm the church, we're the church. My passion is for the church. The church unleashed. The church with our mandate to heal the sick and raise the dead and drive our demons. It's our, do you know, it's our inheritance, It's our right, and the world out there is waiting. It might be a, well we don't like you kind of thing, but once you start, and and it's not pounding them with the gospel, but it's being that witness. You're just being somebody different. We're the the upside-down world, really, and people expect this, and they get that. Do you know doors open? I get into the strangest places. And I say to people, can I pray with you? I will listen to all the stories, and they say, can I pray? No, we don't believe in God. And I say, but that's okay, I do. <laughs> well, it is, I do, so it's okay. And they say, well, sometimes they say yes, but often they say no. And I say, i tell you what, Jesus said that when we are invited into a home, we must leave our blessing behind. May I do that? I have never had somebody say, no, you can't. So I I leave my blessing behind, and I will say, Lord Jesus, will you bless? Will you heal? And I will go through the list of the things they told me with my eyes open, and they just begin weeping. And uh, and they say, what was that? And I say, that was him. He is alive and he cares. You know, there's opportunities, but it's all about this. It's not about what I do. It's about carrying the presence of God. Who has the presence of God with them here? Who? yes. We all, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you have the presence of God with you, whether you're feeling in the mood, not in the mood, whether you feel, no, but I've blown it, the presence of God is there. And when, it, when in your head you intentionally know the presence is there, you walk in any place and things begin to happen around. Wherever Jesus went, something happened. The other loved him or they hated him, by the way. Because some places I go into and I can feel the demonic. And it's like, get out of here. Not to, That's what I know they're saying. And if I don't have the green light from God like I'm in a shop or something and some shops are very odd and I will then leave because that's not my place to be Um, but other times I will just stand and say oh Lord will you bless every single person there's so much opportunity when the church is the church unleashed it's it's a mind thing as well as a doing thing Does it make sense? I'm very interactive, so it's like, uh, (laughs) I'd like the the answer back. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And Father, I want to ask for mindsets changed here this morning. I want to ask, Lord, that we will take the Bible and we will read it and we will actually, we do believe it, Lord, but when it comes to the nitty gritty about me doing something, it takes on a different emphasis. And I want to ask, Father, that even from the few things I said this morning, we'll be able to give it a go and go and check it out and just go and have some fun with you. I want to ask that, Father, in Jesus' name. I've got about three minutes or something. Acts 1, verses 4 to 8. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, Jesus gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses, simply because the Holy Spirit has come. And you know, Jesus said this to the 11 guys who hadn't been the cream of the crop. Well, Peter denied him. Thomas didn't believe, and yet Jesus gave this commission to them because he knew the Holy Spirit is the one who gets it right. And we have the Holy Spirit in us to get it right, by the way. It's not what I do and what I know. It's all about him. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit comes. Then in verse 14, Acts 2, then Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and gave the gospel in the most amazing way after having denied Jesus. It blows the mind when you, when you see it as a story, you know. Um, these men aren't drunk as you suppose. Imagine what was going on for them to be thought of as drunk. They were so overflowing with the Holy Spirit and power. Don't you wish that at times we are out in the street (laughs) and groups of us, suddenly the Holy Spirit falls and uh, we become attractive to people because they're thinking, what on earth is going on here? And you know what, that day 3,000 got saved, 3,000. Peter and John at the gate beautiful. Silver and gold I do not have, whoa, but what I do have I give. What have we got? Just think, what have we got? We normal 72, what have we got? We've got him with his mandate to to advance the kingdom. And it's a capital K. To heal the sick, to raise the dead, to heal leprosy to drive our demons, freely we've received, freely give. And it's not for the special ones. This is for, you know, if you made a commitment to Jesus yesterday, this is for you. It's for young and old, it doesn't matter who, we have this power in us, given by Jesus. And you know the Bible says, work out of you what Christ has put in. And so it's all there already as a package deal inside us to be able to work it out. So I look to see, how's he going to do this? It's not, what am I gonna do? Lord, how are you gonna work this out? What are you gonna give me to say? I've got to counsel a very difficult thing. People, couple, whatever. What What are you gonna give me to say? Because I have no idea. It's very real. And so it is time, yeah? I'll get the nod, it's time. I've got longer this afternoon to put more stories in. But I just wanted to give a framework of where I'm coming from. It's about us. It's about ch- the church unleashed is Christ in me. And as I go, I expect things to happen simply because he's with me. Yeah? I wonder if you'll stand, please. Whoa, whoa.